How do you boss your business when you're stuck in grief? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And we uh, have a heavy question sitting in front of us, my friends. Um, What do you do when you lose somebody and you feel like you've lost your whole world? How do you stay focused on your own life, on your own plans for yourself, and on your own dreams when none of them seem to matter anymore? We have a letter from a grief-stricken listener. Um, I'm hoping I can help uh, reading it just now before I got on to record. It made me weepy and emotional. So uh, this one's going to come to you with a little bit of a heavy heart. So dig deep, listen in, and hopefully we can all get through it together. Heather, you mentioned last week that someone in your community lost her husband, and I was so glad to know that you talk about life's hard things, too. Sometimes I hear you talk about your therapy background and wonder if you just never talk about the hard stuff again. I hope my question is appropriate here. For two years, I ran a successful online business. I started a book subscription company before subscription services were cool. I'm proud of what I created, but I just don't care about the business anymore, and I'm wondering if I should just sell it. My mom got me into books and reading. She died last year, and ever since, I just don't want to be around books. I don't want to talk about books. I don't want to look at books. I don't want to think about books. Sometimes I think I hate books. I just miss my mom. I've been so stuck in grief. We lost her suddenly to a heart attack that came out of nowhere, and I've just been devastated. I can't find my way back to living yet. I don't want to find my way back to living, and I don't want to run a business that my mother inspired if she isn't here to see it and celebrate it. I don't even know if I have a question here, but I can't find my way out. I heard how compelled you were by your member's loss and how it inspired a really nice message. I'm writing this sobbing and maybe just hoping that you might have a message to spare for me too. Okay, my friend. Um, Yes, I have a message for you, and your letter's making me really emotional, and I'm sorry you're so sad. I'm so very sorry that you're so sad. Um, But the first thing that I'm going to tell you is a little bit of tough love here, is that I don't know that you're ready to sell your business if in the middle of a grief-stricken process, you found yourself listening to a podcast called Business Mindset Mastery. You found me and heard about my member's story because you were listening to a Business Mindset podcast. I know that in your emotional grief and in your sadness, you feel so lost. And I know all of the complicated things you must be thinking and feeling that go in direct contradiction to the idea that you have the strength in you to run a business, the desire to run a business. But I do want you to pay attention to your behavior for a second and say that even though you don't want to look at books, even though you don't want to think about books, and you don't want to think about anything connected to your business, in the middle of grief, you're listening to a business mindset podcast. I don't think you've lost your love of your business. I don't think you've lost your passion for it. And I don't think you're ready to walk away from it. I think your question here is how do I work on a business when every single time I look at it, I'm overwhelmed by grief and what it reminds me of and all of the things I think about and all of the things I feel. That's what I think you're asking me. How the heck do you run a business that is a chronic reminder of your mom? So listen to me here, because I think I can help, but it's, it's not going to be easy. 
First of all, yes. If you want to sell your business, you you can. I'm not the person to ask for (laughs) on how to do that. I've never sold a business. I'm not a business coach. I'm not a business strategist. If you listen to this entire episode and you decide, yes, it's time to sell the business, please do get in contact with me. Um, I do have a colleague who I know who has sold several businesses, and I'm sure I could send you her way, and she could help you walk through a process and um, leave that piece sort of tied up neatly for you. But again, I don't think that's what you're asking here. What you're asking is how do you move through grief? There's always going to be complications when it comes to grief. I think a lot of people use the word complicated grief when endings and passings come um, in a way that doesn't feel normal. But any passing, any loss is going to disrupt our regular every day. It changes our stories of what we think life is, what's fair, what isn't. It forces us to look at things that we said, things we didn't say, things we did, things we didn't do, and the things we're never going to get to say or do. It is a lot, and I am not surprised your heart is heavy. And it is really hard to find your own way. And one of the things that I like to suggest with people when they're really finding themselves stuck in the immovable place where the immediate loss has happened, you've done the initial grieving, you've done the memorial services, you've talked to all the friends and family, is to remind yourself that our culture and our society likes to skip over grief. It likes to um, give us our three days. I think that's what we get in the corporate world when we lose an immediate family member. And then it's time to go back to business. And I think our friends and family, while well-meaning, they quickly forget and go back to their busy lives too. And we're sat still feeling sad, still feeling lost, wondering what's wrong with us. So the first thing I like to do when I talk to people who are in grief is to remind you that a year after a passing, it is still normal to be overcome with grief. It is still normal to feel like you don't know how you want to end this chapter to this story. It is still normal to not know where you're going next, or what direction to take, because your life as you know it changed. And it's like, you know, the the ripples in the water, when a stone hits it, everything starts to shift and move, and it is going to take you a while to catch your breath. The first thing I want you to do is a little bit of an inventory here. I want you to see if you've really actually allowed yourself to grieve. And what I mean by this is, have you allowed yourself in moments of emotion and crying, um, have you allowed yourself to just cry without stopping until you're actually done crying? So often, women in particular, when they start crying, they feel like they have to stop. They feel like they're bad company for their friends and family, that they're being selfish or they're becoming a burden. 
And they create all kinds of stories when they're feeling needy, vulnerable, sad, and in pain. So what ends up happening is they have these moments of sadness, and then they push it down. And they have these moments of grief, longing, missing a loved one, and they push it aside, and they tell themselves they can't feel it now. It's at an inconvenient time. So I want you to look at the time spent since the time your mom is past and now. And I want you to ask yourself if you've really given yourself permission to grieve. I hear you're stuck and I hear that this goes in direct contradiction to everything you must be thinking and feeling and telling yourself. You're telling yourself it's time to move on. You're telling yourself you should have figured this out by now. This You're telling yourself that you have to take a chart a new direction and you should just be pressing play. But I want you, before you do any of that, I want you to go back and look at this. I want you to make sure and do a gut check with yourself that you have really given this the time, effort, and energy to allow yourself to grieve. Have you made room for it? Have you given yourself permission to feel what you feel? The other day I was in the grocery store and uh, this woman was stuck um, in one of the aisles and I found her crying and I asked her what was wrong and she said, my mom always made this meal. Like my whole family's coming together this weekend. I'm supposed to cook for them and I'm doing it for the first time without my mom. She was just in the grocery store and she was overcome with grief and struck by it and crying in aisle eight. And I gave her a hug and I said, I see you. I see your pain. I hope you feel better soon. And that type of moment, that type of humanity, a lot of times when I talk to people in grief, they don't let themselves have that moment. They don't let themselves be validated. They don't let themselves just accept compassion or to reach out and ask for help, to tell people, hey, I could use some company today, um, to identify what it is they need that would actually make them feel better and then allow themselves to have it. They usually skip that process because they think it's been enough time and they should be moving on and they tell themselves all kinds of stories. So I want you to do a gut check and I want you to make sure that if there's anything unpacked that you haven't dealt with, I want you to look at it. And if you don't know what I mean by that, you know, obviously get back in touch with me and I'll give you some direction on, um, you know, and, and break this down for you a little more specifically. But before you tell yourself it's time to move on, I really do think it's important for you to make sure you've spent enough time on it. The next thing I want to remind you is that grief is like a cyclical circular process. It doesn't go in like, you know, steps like a ladder in stages where first you're in grief and then you're in denial and then you're in anger and then you're negotiating and then you um, finally come to acceptance and you move on. It grabs you at different stages. So it is going to hit you in different ways. Sometimes you are absolutely going to be rageful. Sometimes you're absolutely going to be looking back at the time that she had a headache and she didn't go to the doctor and should you have made her go to the doctor and 
and all of that. That is all normal and natural. Particularly, you didn't. You said she died last year. I don't know how early into the year. If you've even like done your first year of grieving yet, if you've had the first anniversary of her death. But it is really common in that first year to keep going through different cycles because you have to go through that year of firsts. The first family barbecue she's not at, the first holiday she's not at, the first time you have something good happen, the first time you have something bad happen, her birthday, your birthday, all the different anniversaries in between from the day that she died to the first anniversary of her death are going to be heavier for you. So you have to make room for them. The next thing I like to suggest to people, because I do understand the way the world works, is that you can't just take a sabbatical and make grieving your full-time job. I get that you might have kids that you have to attend to. You might have a spouse who wants to have a relationship with you, friends, family. You do have responsibilities to people other than yourself, but to have some sort of grieving ritual or space for it. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll tell people to, you know, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. I'm about to go into a meeting with my boss, but Saturday mornings, I'm going to go sit in the garden and I'm just going to tell my mom everything, or I'm going to write my mom a letter, or I'm going to go to the uh, cemetery or, you know, I'm going to X, Y, Z. Like you have to kind of know what would feel calming, what would feel honoring, what would feel soothing for you, but some sort of grief ritual that allows you the time and space to feel whatever it is you feel without judgment, without recourse, with just a dumping place. Because so often what happens is grief grips us and it kind of gives us like, it takes our air, it like stifles our esophagus and suddenly we can't breathe breathe and we're just crying and it comes out of nowhere. So to calm ourselves down, it doesn't work when we say we shouldn't feel that way anymore or we shouldn't be dealing with this anymore. What I want you to do instead is say like, I can't deal with this in the way it deserves right now. I'm moving this until. And then you're giving yourself permission to grieve. You're making room for it by also recognizing that life has to go on. I'm really curious about how much you're asking for help from other people in your personal life. I'm also curious too how much you're accepting help from people who are offering it, how much you're reaching out to people, welcoming company, how much you're isolating yourself, because you really do want to remember that you know, surviving grief is largely a community process. People can mourn and grieve together. It is a shared human experience that almost anybody can relate to. But when we're isolated and when we're alone, we start to twist and turn stories and we play different versions in our heads sometimes. And it can be really helpful to keep close to our people. If you're not keeping close to your remaining people who are with you and in your life, I would really urge you to think about that. I understand what you're asking me here in this letter. How do I deal with my business when it always makes me think about my mom? 
the question really could be, how do I deal with my life <laughs> when it always makes me think about my mom? So I want you to get back to the beginning. Like I want you to think about the story of how your business started, what it felt like, where the idea came from, how you got the word out, how it came to mean something to people. And then I want you to think about the community of people who have purchased your book subscription, your box subscription service that you tell me you're offering. I first want to ask you if you've connected with people on this experience. Because one of the things that happens a lot of times when people are having a hard time in their businesses is they try to protect their clients from it. They try to protect their consumers from it. But oftentimes our consumers and our clients are going to understand parts of ourselves that nobody else can. So the first thing that I would ask you to do is kind of evaluate your business model a little bit to see how much you really do know your clients. If it's just anonymous, like I buy a Pepsi and you know the Pepsi company is never going to know I bought it, this isn't going to fit. But if you have some kind of regular consistent connection with your members and the people who buy your uh, subscription service, I would really think about sharing with them where you're at. Because a lot of times what keeps people from going back to their business is feeling like they have to wear a mask, feeling like they have to be totally on, totally positive, super motivated. And a lot of times if you give yourself permission to show up for your business as you are, it's way easier to do rather than, oh, like I am like struck down by grief. It is rocking me to my core, but I have to show up for my community with a super duper Pollyanna attitude of, hey, I'm so happy to be back. How are you? Hi. You don't have to be that way. If you can give yourself permission to show up in your business as you are, it's going to make it easier to deal with, even if you're deciding to go back to your business simply to close it down. And if you can share with people who are connected to the business your loss, they're going to connect with you on that human experience, and you can start to worry less about the expectations that they have of you, that you're letting them down. You're telling them what you want them to think. You're sharing the life update. You're letting them know where you've been, and you're staying connected in a really good human way because if they don't know that this has happened and they don't know that there's a good valid reason for why you've disappeared, then yes, you are going to have more tension, more strife, more struggle and reconnecting with them and facing your business rather than creating an opening for support and community. That's what books do, right? That's probably part of what you and your mom developed this passion for was the ability to connect over a good book. So I want you to think about that. And the way I'm teaching you this is so that you can make going back to your business easier for you so that it's not super over overwhelming, filled with high expectations. You're telling your audience what you need them to know and what you want them to think, and you're setting yourself up for success. The next thing I want you to think about is what would feel like a good, respectful way to honor your mom and her role in starting the business? A lot of times people don't want to go back to it because they feel like they have to check their grief and their story at the door, that they can't 
use what just happened in any way, shape, or form in their business. So I want you to think about if your mom was with you and you were talking about this, what might she suggest? Would she want a book out there that just lifts everybody's spirits? Would she want to use the opportunity to educate other people about grief and perhaps have the new book be a book about surviving grief? Would you just want to highlight for the community what her favorite books and her favorite stories were? What is a way that you could include her while also acknowledging your grief? If you make it approachable for yourself, it's going to be so much easier to do. And I imagine you're sort of saying, Heather, what the hell are you thinking? I can't talk about our favorite book. I'll lose my shit. Well, here's the thing is you might but you're losing it anyway. Like that's what's happening. You're in the grief process. And when we're in the grief process, we fall apart and we crumble off to the side and we don't know how we're going to get back up. And the only way we ever get back up is if we acknowledge what's happening and what we're thinking and feeling, what it's making us want to do, and the choice of what we can do instead. You have to face this head on. And the next thing I really want you to think about, and again, this is just like step one, step two, I I recognize here that I'm not giving you an answer to your business. And my guess is that's largely going to be a personal decision for you anyhow. But the next question I have for you is, what does it mean to you if I tell you it's okay to accept that this has happened, but to still be really mad and sad that it did. So often people keep themselves in the grief cycle and in the pattern of grief because getting over it, getting better, laughing out loud, having a good day, appreciating something good that happened feels like saying to the universe or to God or to somebody that it's okay, my mom died. And the last thing you want is to give permission to the universe for taking your mother from you. So a lot of times people stay stuck in grief because they feel as though acceptance is permission for what happened. And I've seen a lot of grief in my life. I lost my own mom when I was a kid. Uh, My dad was an only child, but his mom, my grandmother, my uh, paternal grandmother was a family of 12. So I have 12 great, I had like 12 great aunts and great uncles and most of them have passed. I only have one living still. Um, And so I've been to my fair share of funerals and I've lost my fair share of people. And one of the things that I can tell you in witnessing my own grief and watching other people and their grief process is that it is okay to accept what happened that it happened and acknowledge that it's affected you without saying it's okay. It sounds like your mom like probably had a really sudden cardiac incident. That's the way I'm reading your letter. Um, maybe it's a widower maker. I know that when men have heart attacks um, that are really bad, they call them widow makers. So perhaps um, you had a widower maker, or your mom did rather, um, and that this came out of nowhere. And when that happens, and we lose all—excuse <coughs> me—we lose all sense of control. We lose all sense of 
any, any, you know, our world's making any kind of sense. The last thing we want to do is give permission to the uncontrollable happening. And I want to encourage you to think about acceptance as different than permission. It's okay if you never give the world permission for taking your mom. I get that. But you can accept that it happened, that it's left a lasting hole in your life, and that you can honor and validate that pain. The next thing that I have to say, and honestly, and in all transparency, I wrote this down before the call, and I was like, I don't know that I'm going to say this one out loud, but I'm going to go for it, Um, is really controversial. And every single time I mention it to people in the grief process, they usually get pissed off at me. So I hope you don't get mad at me, and I hope that you hear this in the spirit of which it's intended. But a lot of times when we lose somebody, we not only lose the person and their impact in their, our lives, but we lose a source for needs that got met. So for example, when my mom died, I had a lot of basic needs, right? I needed somebody to care for me. I needed somebody to help me, teach me, guide me, get me ready for school in the morning, make sure I did my homework. And I had my dad there, but I didn't have a mom. And at five years old, when something like that happens, that means those needs have to be met by somebody else. And we had a nanny. So that's just such a basic, simplified version of it, but I wanted to highlight it because it doesn't mean that because my mom died, I didn't need to still be mothered. That mothering had to happen by somebody else. It's At that age, it's non-negotiable. But here's the thing. We're all just grown-up kids, and we don't stop needing things just because we've gotten older. So I want you to think about the part of you that thinks it is unbearable to go back to business without having your mom there. What was the need she filled? Was it helping you with confidence? Was it helping you with business decisions? Was it being your cheerleader? What about her being there made everything else seem possible? What did she do for you? How did she fill up your life? And what are the needs that now that you don't have her are going unmet? And what I want you to do is to think about people in your life that might be willing to meet those needs instead. Another cheerleader, someone else who's super passionate about books, who shares your hobby, or who gives you a perspective that you would never have thought about. But that just because we've lost our person doesn't mean that our needs go away and that we're supposed to live forever without them. We just have to come to a place of acceptance that they need to be met by someone else. That always pisses people off and it really makes people angry. And I hope you hear in my voice and in my tone and my inflection that that's not what I want to do here. I don't want to make you angry. I don't want to piss you off, but I do want you to recognize that you may be living with unmet needs and that your grief isn't going to go away until you're willing to accept help or to accept that someone else is there willing to meet them. I just want you to think about it. If it challenges you too much, if it has you running for the hills, it's okay. Take a deep breath. Trust my intent here. But what I want you to hear more than anything else is it's absolutely positively okay that your life has stopped. 
That doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong, that you're somehow weak, that um, other people would be stronger at this, better at this, do it differently. You are in your process, and the more you can respect your own process, the more you can accept your own process, the easier it is to move on and make decisions. Like I pointed out at the beginning of the episode, I don't think there's anything here in your letter that speaks to any real desire to sell a business. What I hear you telling me is you don't know how to work your business through grief. I hope I've outlined a good path here. I hope you hear my care and concern for you, my appreciation for your vulnerability in reaching out to me. And I do want to address what you said at the beginning of your letter, because I'm sure other listeners to the show are are curious about it too. No, just because I left the therapy space doesn't mean I don't want to talk about hard things anymore. We're all people. Hard things happen to all of us. I left the therapy space for a lot of reasons. One, yes, I have been transparent about it. It came from personal burnout of talking to people and their heart stories on a full-time basis really just wore at me. But I also really burnt out from the therapy business in terms of how to approach clients, how I'm supposed to deal with people, what I'm allowed to say, what I'm not allowed to say, what I'm allowed to do, what I'm not allowed to do, is I found it got in the way of helping me help people get better. If people are hurting and struggling and they're managing, you know, mental illness, depression and anxiety, I am happy to talk to you about it. I am probably not the person that you want to hire um, to help you. But no, we don't check our struggles at the door. They're a part of us. But part of business mindset is learning to live with and hold both. How do we keep focus on our dreams, on our plans, on our goals while we're living with depression? How do we take a bite out of a dream, go for the brass ring, dare greatly when we're anxious all the time or when we're stuck in the grief process? That's my role in this show for all of you, helping you live your lives, helping you run your businesses, holding both the good with the bad while never losing sight of where you want to go. I know you're lost right now. What is right now won't always be. You're still in reaction mode. And if you haven't hit your first year of first, you have more like immediate grief to do because it doesn't end, it doesn't shift, and it doesn't change on any level until you at least get past that first year. Because you have to go through the first year of everything before it's starts to feel anything close to a new normal. I'm so sorry for your heartbreak and for your loss. I'm really glad you took a chance on me and you reached out, and I'm hoping that your bravery will inspire others to continue to do the same, to reach out to me with their questions. If you have any follow-up or anybody else listening wants to add to this conversation, talk to me. I encourage you to think about joining my Facebook group over at Choose to Have It All, or if you'd like, you can write to me at heather at choose to have it all.com with your questions, comments, and concerns, and I'll get them on the show as soon as possible. Thanks so much for joining me today. I look forward to talking to you again next time. Bye for now.